podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ready to go the extra mile in a Volvo Mild Hybrid SUV this summer? No plug-in required. Whether you go to the mountains this summer, the ocean, or somewhere in between, Volvo Mild Hybrid technology adds to a more refined driving experience so you can summer safely. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com. Hello and welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. It is Pod Three One Six. Oh, my favourite number. Really? There yeah, you go. Is, yeah. What are the odds of that? Unbelievable. Three <laughs> One uh, Six. And uh, I'm Jim Daly. Joining me, James Endicott. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good, thank you. Yeah, very good. Fantastic. Very, very and good. making his pod debut. It's Richard Foster. Richard, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. I'm really looking forward to being with you guys. Top man. Now, should we get the uh, promo out of the way? Yeah, why not? The book? Quickly. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Oh, that's... Oh, no, oh, right. Right. Okay, oh, that's yeah, all right. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, tell us about it. Uh, well, it's called Premier League Nuggets, so obviously it concentrates on the Premier League, although we realise that football did exist before 1992. <laughs> yeah. uh, it looks at each of the 49 clubs who've been in it. So you have uh, standard information like One Hit Wonders, their first ever Premier League match, and uh, lots of interesting facts and stats across uh, you know those 28 years that we've now had the Premier League um, before us. Are you going to be dropping in some nuggets? The pod. I've, yes. got, I've got nuggets popping out of my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a nuggets, I promise you. Oh dear. And um, where can people buy it? Uh, most decent bookshops through, you know, the uh, great auspices of Amazon, and you can get it directly from the publisher, which is a much better idea. Good idea. Uh, right, uh, ready for a review from iTunes? Yes. This one's from someone called Stevenson's Lounge. I'm guessing Ooh. that's what they say. <laughs> right. They put FYP, Performing Alchemy. Oh, very good. Up your I like that. Um, yeah. Taking often woeful source material in palace performances and turning it into magic. Oh, I like this. Uh, always, uh, almost always entertaining and insightful. I think they'll all readily admit to the odd stinker. Very <laughs> 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 well, good. Well, like today. Yeah, like palace. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the group are opinionated and informed, but don't take the things or themselves too seriously. They're, they have a proper moment, it's bad, and get emotional when it's good. Typical Palace. Oh, very good. Like that, a, like lot. that Thank a lot. You. And do you know what? I had an idea, a new idea for um, people leaving reviews. So, Richard, we're getting people, trying to get people to leave five-star reviews on, on iTunes to get us up the old uh, list. Of course. It'd be nice to find out where people are listening from. Because I, I was in London the other day, mm. in the um, lifts at Goode Street Station, and right. some guy stopped me and went, are you Jim Daly? Yeah. I was like, mm, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ticket inspector. And he, <laughs> and he went, uh, I normally live in New York, but I'm back in London, and I love the podcast. Thank you very much. And it's good to listen to it, well, you know, yeah. from afar. Feels wow. like connection to South London. Very which good. was really nice. Didn't actually yeah. catch the guy's name, but thank you very right. much for saying that. Sort of made my day. Probably Hank or something. From, yeah. yeah, who knows? Yeah, yeah who knows? Chad. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I just thought it'd be nice to people when they leave a review... 
maybe let us know where you're listening from. Yeah. It's always nice to find out, you know, the And then we could get a map together. We could, do, we could do a map and we could do sort of pins yeah. on it and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, like some sort right. of detective movie. Um, <laughs> shout out to a patron. Ready for yeah, a patron yeah, shout out? Can we get a dr- yes, drum roll? Please. Yes. This one is Ben Long. Oh, Ben, excellent. Longy, absolute Longy, legend, who is sometimes on the uh, post-match pod as well. Oh, so, And hopefully we're getting on, on again. Uh, you can join Patreon, of course, at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. And uh, the live pod is this Friday. Wow. Yes. It's, already. it's finally here. I can't believe yeah. it, man. And do you know how many tickets are left, James? Three. Two. Two. <laughs> two tickets. Wow. Two tickets. We've yeah. sold one in the last yeah. ten minutes. Really? Uh, two tickets left. So if you want to get one, please go to eventbrite.co.uk or any of our social platforms or Google FYP Podcasts Live. Um, and if those two don't sell before the, the, the event, we'll let people come on the door, maybe. But I wouldn't yeah. risk it. I would mm, just buy yeah, it and yeah. then, you know. Best to buy it. Exactly. Yeah. How much are they? £10 each. That's not bad, is not it? Not bad at all. And uh, we kick off at 7.30, doors at 7. And we've got a bit of a Q&A with us, and then a Palace legend Ooh, joining us. I'm looking oh, forward gosh. to finding so, out who that is. You yeah. will find out. Is it Andy Street? On, it's not oh, Andy Street. Okay. No, okay. a legend? Okay. I don't know. Okay. Um, well, I was going to announce it beforehand to sort of help sell ticket sales, but we sold so well. I think I might just reveal it on the night. Very good as idea. Like, as like a little... Uh, you and know. also, because if the legend doesn't turn up, then <laughs> you we can it. just choose anybody well, out of the audience. why don't you bring the person, could it could be anyone, couldn't it, yeah. in a box, and then reveal them well, on like, stage. Like a cake. A cake. Yeah, a giant cake. themed cake. All right, we'll try and sort that. Uh, right, let's talk about uh, Palace. So in part one, we're going to talk about the one-all draw with Arsenal at the weekend. Um, interesting game. Fair amount of controversy <laughs> yeah, and stuff going quite on. a lot of controversy. Um, but my first question, James, which is, is, was that a fair result over the, over the course of play? One I think it probably was, actually, to be fair. Um, I, I think they pretty much bossed the first half, didn't they? Apart from maybe the last ten minutes. We came back into it into the second half. Um I think it was a fair result. There was a lot of needle going on in the game, actually. Mm. A lot of needle, a lot of mm. unnecessary needle. I don't think Arsenal were particularly good. I don't think we, we, we weren't very good in the first half at all. But we really came back into it in the second half. And I think overall it was a, a fair result. I think, I think we'd have felt aggrieved if we'd have lost the game, put it that way. Yeah. Do you agree with that, Richard? Because I mean, they, they started very strong. That first oh, 20 I mean, minutes. That first 25 minutes was quite painful. And I just thought, we're going to get hammered here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I thought the, the key point, the pivotal point, was when there was that drop ball... And Torreira should have given it back to us, and he decided to keep it. Yeah. And I thought it just raised the team, it raised the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. And then suddenly we got back in, as you say, yeah, the last yeah. bit of the first half, we decided, that, you know, right, we're going to get these guys. And then clearly the second half, onto the front foot after Ayu's goal, Abamyang sending off gave us a, a little bit extra. I actually, because I'm, you know, a journalist and a bit of a nerd, I, I saw something <laughs> about. Premier League games this season, there I think there have been 11 sendings off. Six of those sides have won the game. So us against Bournemouth, for example. Yeah. I think Watford have done it a couple of times. I think there were three draws and only two wins for the team who had the extra man. Isn't that wow, weird? That is well, it's weird because normally with Palace, when the other team goes down to 10 men... Uh, we normally seem to find it more difficult. Yeah, yeah we, we almost <laughs> never beat no, them. Do it's we? almost like, no. wow, we're not going to win this one. But actually, yeah. you know, twice this season, we've actually made it count. And Richard's point about Torreira, I'd forgotten about that drop ball. Yeah. And you're right. And actually, this weekend felt like one of those games where the atmosphere and the fans actually almost made a difference. Yeah, without a yeah, doubt. It was, it was a really great atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, it always is with the, when you 
when you're playing Arsenal because there's, you know, there's history there, obviously, with it being a London club and Ian Wright and various yeah. other things yeah. that happened over the years. But and you know, and it was a 12:30 kickoff, which is always quite hard work. But I think every, I think the, the the whole crowd really got themselves going and really got behind the team. And even in that first 25 minutes, when we were we will we looked like we we're going to lose three or four nil. Yeah, we were really really behind the be behind the team. It was. Uh, it was good to be there. But this is the thing, Richard. Like, I mean, Celsi says this a lot on the post-match podcast, but under Roy, even in... And there's been a few exceptions. Spurs away this season, Arsenal away a couple of years ago, you know, letting a lot of goals in that first 20 minutes. But this week, under the cost of the first 25, we always still seem to stay in the game and we always give ourselves a chance yeah. to get back into it, which we did. And it just seems like a very sort of... Royism, doesn't it, for us to always be in games, even if we are under the cost for you know the open twenty minutes? Yeah, again, a slightly nerdy fact that we scored twenty <laughs> Premier League goals this season. Do you know how many we scored in the first half? Are those not 20? many? Probably not many. Four, yeah. five? four. four. Really? Wow. So four in the first half, sixteen in the second half, and I think that's partly down, or it might be Roy's halftime talks are so brilliant that we move on to another <laughs> level. But it's also partly down to if you look at the way we set up, we do tend to sit back and let the other team have the ball and then try and break on them. So I totally understand those tactics. It suits our current mm. squad. But I think it gives the initiative to the other team often, particularly if they're a good team. And let's face it, Arsenal are a pretty good team, although they haven't beaten us in four no. matches now. And we're still uh, above them in the table. And we're Ooh. still above them. I don't know how long that will last. But um, I just think that sitting back, which people get frustrated by, but I think, you know, let's face it, it's working for yeah. this team. Well, I mean, again, another thing, Celsius, well, first of all, have you seen... The stats game is strong from Richard today, oh, so yeah, I don't think you good, and Kevin need to good. maybe up your game with a later <laughs> on in the season. But Stelz made a good point that actually, yes, we have become a second-half team. It seems to be yeah. a very common theme for us. But does that mean that at half-time, Roy is clearly seeing what is or isn't working and is tink- tinkering it? Because there must be something happening at half-time that makes us second-half, and should that be credit to the management? Well, uh, possibly. I mean, you don't see that big a change. Well, I'm not a tactical genius. My, you know, I'm not Jonathan Wilson, so I can't work out exactly what happens. But maybe there's subtle tinkering going on, and we, as you know, mere you know fans, don't understand it. But um, certainly, you know, the, there's also that thing about substitutions that everyone says he's a bit reluctant to make a substitution. But I think it's happening more and more now. We're getting substitutes on, and obviously Toten came on for his debut, which was slightly overshadowed by the fact that Aubameyang had just been sent yeah, off. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's he <laughs> understands the game better than any of us will ever understand the game. So to criticise him, you'd have to be pretty good at football and have his sort of experience to say, actually, Roy, you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> because we're just mere punters. Well, I mean, the criticisms have actually gone a lot uh, quiet recently, I think. And as Richard said, four games now against Arsenal unbeaten, which... yeah. Has never happened before. No, no. Yeah. And I don't think I'd ever see him in my lifetime. So, you know, and always there's that, there's that thing as well, JD. You know, you're, you know, we as football fans always say the table never lies. Yeah. You know, and here we are after how many games? 20, Two. 20, 22 games, and, yeah. we're, and we're in the top half. Yeah. So the table doesn't lie. You know, we may not be playing the type of football that a lot of people want to see, but then again, neither a lot of other teams. But, you know, we, we're grinding results out, and we never look like we're going to get absolutely hammered, apart from the first 25 minutes on Saturday. Yeah. When I did, but, but we but, didn't. But we didn't. Whereas in the past, we may have crumbled under that. Yeah. And there's something, there's a real. There's a real strength in that squad, you know. The, the, as we've spoken about many times, the, the, the squad's riddled with injuries mm. and uh, and suspensions and mm. various things like that. And uh, I'm sure we'll come on to Luke a bit later on. But you know, it's just it's just that there seems to be a real sense of 
togetherness there, yeah. which is a really great thing. Well, and mm. I think uh, that normally comes from the top down. Let's get on to, to Luca now, actually, because I had a few questions about it. Obviously, he was missing because of that very silly headbutt he did against Derby yeah. in the FA Cup, which Palace appealed, I think, and I'm guessing got rejected because uh, he's yeah, out for the next yeah, three games. Yeah. Not quite sure why they appealed that, but no. uh, never mind. Um, James, at James is the name. Oh, good hello, name. Hello, James. Sorry, Jim's the name. Oh, um, no, not, not so good. <laughs> not so good. Oh, he's lost the uh, says, uh, See ya. <laughs> would Arsenal have scored that goal on Saturday if Luca had been playing? It felt like there was a big hole in the middle of the park. Is it simple? I don't know if it's as simple as that. I don't think Luca's been on his top form, quite frankly, this season, and I'm not sure he would have made a great deal of difference. I, I, I think he needs a rest because he just looks absolutely knackered. He's having one. <laughs> he is. It's a brilliant idea. Headbutt Huddleston gets sent yeah. off three three weeks off. Um, but he, he, for me, he's he's lost that bite. He's also he's been a bit sloppy in his passing. He gives it away too much. And I actually think we might even look a bit better. And if he comes back reinvigorated, rejuvenated, we may be even a better, better place than we were before. So I, I, I don't know whether he'd have stopped that ball... We, we were sliced open quite a few times in that first 25 minutes, so I'm not sure Luca would have made a huge amount of difference. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. I don't think he would have made a difference. And I think, you know, we, we, we were saying last week, actually, on the pod that he uh, needs a break. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and he's, he's actually got one. And, and I think, you know, putting a spin on it, it could actually be beneficial to the team, him having these few weeks off. Yeah. It gives other players a chance to shine. Um and also, it gives him a chance to sort of think about what he's up to and to regenerate himself and plug the batteries back in Absolutely. and get yeah. going again. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, start of the season, central midfield and central defence were two areas we thought, we are stacked here, so yeah. we're going to be all right. And obviously, it's typical Palace, ding, 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 that, we've, <laughs> that we still struggle at times. I mean, Rob Rob Axel Hi, Rob. has put it much more bluntly than I was going to. He's put, did we play better without Luca? Well, we did in the first 30, 30 minutes, <laughs> no. didn't we? No, not at all. Um, I don't think we played any better or worse without him, actually. I, to be honest, he, he wasn't really missed for me. I, I, d- about I you, did like that. I mean, I still love Luca, and I think, actually, he... I said this before on the podcast, the qualities he brings as captain, I think, are possibly underestimated sometimes. I think he's a, he's a leader for us on the pitch. Mm. Obviously, brilliant set-pieces, well, penalties, well. Um, as well. But I did like that midfield three. It had nice balance. I thought Chiarte yeah. was good, and I thought the two Jameses mm. did very well. McCarthy, in particular, seems to be really settling into life at Palace. So, we clearly still have these options, don't we? Yeah. And um, they're not bad ones. Yeah, uh, McCarthy, he still hasn't convinced me he's the he top of He likes to get stuck in, though, doesn't he? Well, <laughs> Which, I love the fact which, he, exactly. he'll front yeah, people he up. That's great, but we need a bit more than just someone who'll front yeah, people up. Absolutely. He needs to have a little bit more about him. I also think that James MacArthur, who's one of the underestimated players, he's actually quite a skillful player, isn't yeah. he? Because you always think, oh, he's just a journeyman, he just shovels it around. But actually, he's got quite little dainty feet. I think they call him the Hamilton Messi, don't they? Because <laughs> he's just so... <laughs> yeah. Well, in Hamilton, they, they do. do now. Um, but he... I think he brings a lot more to our game than people mm. often say. And I think Kiat is a great player because he's got that presence. You know, when you see him, you go, he's a proper player yeah. and he's he's upright. And let's face it, he set the goal up. He set Ayu's goal up yeah. against he West Ham. He also really loves to move forward as well. He loves to push yes. forward, doesn't yeah. he? He's really, yeah. that, that's his main thing. It's just get when forward. he gets the penalty area and he goes, oh my, don't shoot. Whatever you do, don't <laughs> shoot. Well, that goal against West Ham was a well, very, very nice important. Sort of yeah, volley. it was calm. But uh, yeah, I... I, I, I was it a better midfield? I'm I'm not sure, but it certainly wasn't any worse. I'm going to, again, someone here has put a question a lot more forthright than me, and it's from Toby Kinder, James. Hi, Toby. And he says, is James McCarthy the biggest sh- house at the club that we've had since Milo Jednak? 
he's he's getting there, isn't he? He's, I mean, he's just right, he just loves to get in people's faces, isn't he? Yeah. Which is something that we you know we we often say we uh, lack in the in, in the middle of the park, and it's it's good to have something like that. Yes, but you'd like that along with the um, the skill and the poise to make those killer Although passes, I which we haven't really seen Richard's yet. Richard's right yeah. though about Maka; he can play, and and we do seem to have this kind of. This idea that we don't play good football under Roy Hodgson, but we, when, when we do knock it about, James MacArthur is invariably involved in it in some way, yeah, and he's he, actually more skillful than I think. Maybe because he's so good at all the other stuff as well. Yeah, he, he needs to play together. He's like our oh, Kante, really, isn't he? Because I mean, everyone understands how good a player Kante is. Well, mm. MacArthur's probably our Kante. He's not at the level of Kante yeah. because he's a you know a world class player, and I don't think James would ever suggest that he's a world class player, but. At our level, I think he he's uh, a really, really useful player. And actually, I think we'd miss him if he wasn't in there. I was just about to say, I think we would really yeah. miss him. If, if he got sent off and was off for three games, I think we really would see well, him. More, more, so yeah, really yeah. more so than yeah, Luca. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So if he's the Hamilton Messi, yeah. James McCarthy, who's also from Hamilton, isn't he? What's he? He's the <laughs> he, Hamilton shit house. He's yeah. the Hamilton <laughs> savage. Let's call him savage. that. Savage! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, look, let's move on to um, VAR, which... Um, Every week, I hope we're not going to talk about, and it's always it always comes up. Obviously, it gave us the the red card against um, yeah. Aubameyang. There was an Arsenal player post match. I can't remember who it was. Oh, Socrates, I think, who said that he was unlucky to get sent off. Danny Murphy on Match of the Day said he was unlucky to get sent off. It was a stone cold red mm. card. Yeah, of course, it? it was absolutely. You know, I mean, watching it, you know, there at the ground and seeing it happen, it was just like that's definitely a yellow. That's definitely a yellow. And then within. 30 seconds a minute people around me have their phones and go yeah. look at that picture and it was just like yikes you know um it was a definite yellow from you know seeing it in live action but you know the reason why one of the reasons why var is there is to see things um and, and to get those decisions correct and it was correct decision to send him off yeah um it was a terrible tackle uh it was i don't think it was malicious at all i don't think he meant to do it yeah. it was just a very bad timed forward forward players tackle um but you know, it's I just, you know I just I, what I hated about it was the fact it takes so bloody long to yeah. sort it out, and the crowd are getting restless, you know. And of course, you know, I'm sure you know I'll, I'll bring it up. You know, we the Homestead Fanatics had the big sign, <laughs> yeah, the big yeah. banner going, "We hate VAR." Then of course, Abiyan gets sent off via VAR. We're all going, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a bit of irony in that. Personally, I've got a real problem with VAR. I I think it should be there, but it's got to be sorted out for next season. How they use it, how they don't use it. I think decisions have got to be made a lot quicker. A decision like that. With the with with replays should be made within thirty seconds. It was pretty obvious that that was yeah. a sending off. I, yeah, I agree. I think VAR needs to be here, but it needs to be reformed. Absolutely. And I think if we could have some sort of maybe referendum on how to reform it like that, maybe we could. <laughs> VAR <laughs> needs VAR. It needs. <laughs> it needs to be. Do you know what I mean? In some postmodern world, can we sympathise with the ref in that instance, Richard? That maybe it did look like a yellow, and actually with VAR, it clearly was a red. And and, and in that case, the system worked perfectly. Well, yeah, I think he was masked because I think it was Abamyam came from the side uh, and hit Mayer. Obviously, I don't think he could have had a clear view of that because if he'd had a clear view of it. Aubameyang admitted it, Arteta admitted it, anyone who doesn't think that's a red card isn't watching the right game, <laughs> yeah, as far agreed, as I'm yeah. concerned. Because if your manager and the player who did it say it was, yeah. then it is. Um, VAR, 
as a system, clearly has a, a few problems. I don't think that's the worst VAR decision. Clearly, a good VAR. The one about the handballs is going. It's sending me mad the, the, because the, 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 the rice, problem the is, rice. but the laws are wrong. It's because it, they're saying, it's oh, the handball law is it rather? If it's going yeah, forward, yeah, yeah. it's a different handball situation <sighs> to a defensive one. That is a load of codswallop. <laughs> because how can you have a different one if you're attacking or defending? That's the laws problem, not VAR. But VAR, James, absolutely right. It needs to be quicker. Mm, you remember the World be, yeah. Cup? They did it, and they went yeah. to the monitor. And as people say, if it's a clear and obvious error, it should be pretty obvious. It doesn't take two minutes to work out if that's a clear and obvious no. error. That didn't take more than ten seconds. When everyone saw it again, they yeah. all went. Oh, there was that audible gasp yeah. in the stadium because everyone could see yeah. what it was. That was quite weird where they put it up on the on the well, screen. They, yeah. do, they did it for Ryan Bertrand, remember Leicester against really? Southampton down at St yes, Mary's. I think they do it. Odd. I think quite... for red cards, it might be something. Oh, I don't know. Actually, is it the discretion of the ref or the special really of the VAR or the I club? I don't know. Do you, do you actually talk to the club and say you can put that up? That's a really interesting well, question. I thought so someone in one of our groups was saying, oh, I think maybe that was <coughs> Palace's decision to do that. But then with the Southampton one, it was mm. at St Mary's. Why yeah, did Southampton put it up on the screen? Yeah, really Maybe it's a new directive they're doing or something. But you're right, the, the timing, it did take, it took two and a half minutes to, yeah. to decide half. it. And it, like you say, it was very obvious from what, they showed the replay on the screen, from yeah. that angle, it, you mm. didn't need anything else. It was very obvious it was a red card. So I don't know why the, that particular one took so long. Mm. Most Arsenal fans I spoke to, and I've got a lot of Arsenal friends, were were moaning about the fact that Jordan Ayew was like you had like over six fouls before he got booked or something like that, and foul, so and they're saying that VAR should be involved in things like that, and it's just like how far can you go? Yeah. You know what I mean? How far does this VAR thing go? It should be there for decisions like like yeah. the sending off. Well, it's very strict. There's, yeah. VAR doesn't sort out yellow cards. It sorts out red cards. It sorts out penalties. It sorts out goals and offside. Oh, yeah, and that's, that's it. Yeah, that's it yeah. That is there's the remit. Yeah. You can't go beyond that. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd be there for three and a half yeah. hours. <laughs> yeah. Be like a test match. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Like NFL. Yeah. Well, there was. Uh, you gave away one foul uh, in the centre circle after about a minute of the game, and I leaned to my dad and said, "If that's in an hour's time, he gets booked for that." Yeah. So I think a lot of them were just timing. Yeah. And just on uh, VAR, Martin Patrick has messaged, hi Martin, and said, um, how good was it having the video footage of the red card on the big screen? How he said, there you go. whilst I'm not in favour of VAR per se, it was good to be able to understand what was being checked. How about the sharp intake of breath and groaning sounds around the ground? Well, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. It, a little bit of explanation and clarity here and there actually goes a long way with fans. We don't ask for much, do we? But yeah. just to understand mm. what's happening, Absolutely, I yeah, think w- yeah. would help. Um, let's round off part one. I've just got one more uh, section and, and it's called, well, I'll do the question actually from uh, John Saraf. Hi, John. Put, uh, was DT's hat appearance inspired? Have you guys see this? I saw it on Twitter. I didn't quite work out what it was. I and then I realised what it was. There was there's an Arsenal fan TV contributor. Oh, right. And at the away game, the two-all draw, a Palace fan stole his hat while he was being oh, interviewed. Right. And then before the game yesterday, it was hanging from a piece of string from the homestead. Oh, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> As if to say, we've still got your hat. Fantastic. Yeah, which is a brilliant little gamesmanship yeah, like um, from Palace fans. It's lovely. But then Man Feelings at Harling J mm. has just put, why are Arsenal fans so weird? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean that could be a whole I don't podcast. That's within the podcast. Yeah, I might write a book about it one day. But um, they are really very salty, aren't they? And salty is a better ooh, way. Yes, they're, they're just you know. I think it's that because they think, oh, we should be winning every game, particularly against little old Palace, and therefore if we dare to withdraw with them or you know 
beat them, they get really upset and it's not right and this should be this and this. And I saw a bit of Arsenal fan TV afterwards and there were a couple of people saying, oh, that should have been a yellow card and we should have smashed them. And you go, well, really, you need, you're so one-eyed, you should take one of your eyes out because this isn't working for you. I do sometimes look at clubs like Arsenal and, you know, they're... Look at sort of the drama they go through and the ridiculousness and think, actually, do you know what, Enders? Yeah. We're doing all right, aren't <laughs> yeah. we? Really? It's just that entitlement. It's it, yeah. that, we, that's we the don't have, word, That's we? the word. It's the entitlement. You get it the same with Man, Man United fans. Yeah. You, get, you, know, you get used to get it a lot with the Liverpool fans before they started playing well. And, you know, all those so-called bigger clubs are all their fans, especially as, you know, look at someone like Arsenal. They've been a very successful team for a long time. Yeah. So you've got a lot of their fans who've never seen them mid-table at this point in the season. Yeah. Literally, you know, got fans who could be thirty years old and never seen them like mid-table. Yeah. In, in, well, you know, in they were January. in the Champions League for you know almost yeah. twenty years on the yeah. trot under so, Benga, you know, and they just can't understand what this Europa League so thing is <laughs> playing on a Thursday night. Well, they that? don't understand. You know, they don't understand that you can actually have a dip in form. Yeah. they never have done. And, you know, being a Palace fan, we're we're, we're used to dips in form. We, we look forward to dips in form. <laughs> I'd love well, to be the opposite. <laughs> we're the opposite. Many of our fans never seen us sustained in the Premier League before. I hadn't, no. and and now we're living the dream. Really, yeah. so yeah. that's a good part, I think, to end uh, part one on. Um, join us after the break. We're going to be talking about an article from the Athletic. My brother-in-law died suddenly. And now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey! Hello! Pod 316. This is part two, of course, which is sponsored by The Athletic, a world-class team of writers covering every club, including the best coverage of Crystal Palace, a subscription-based website and app, and they're completely ad-free, no annoying pop-ups, just brilliant articles. Welcome to the new home of football writing. And of course, Enders, if you mm-hmm. visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FIP, you can get a 30-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription, Fantastic. which would be just £2.50 a month. That's it's a not, bargain, mate. It is £2. a bargain. £2.50 a month. Not I'm having it. Bad. Now, this week's article um, mm-hmm. is about Vincente Guaita, who I think Aha. we can all agree is fast-gathering cult hero status. And that's exactly <laughs> what Matt Wisdom's article is about. It's called Guaita is Palace's Comfort Blanket, comfort blanket. and a cult hero in the making. And I'm going to read out a paragraph from it now. Guaita is fast approaching cult hero status at the club. If he hadn't already achieved it, there will no doubt be discussions over a new contract in the summer, if not before, with the 33-year-old's current deal set to expire at the end of next season. Palace do, however, have an option to extend it by a further year. The Athletic understands. There you go. Bit of an exclusive. Statistics do not always tell the full story, but out of the Premier League goalkeepers who have made 10 or more appearances this season, Guaita ranks second in terms of save percentage with 74.4%. Only Alisson of Liverpool with 83.9% has a better record. Richard, you're nodding your head there. I'm sure another little fact nugget being chucked in. That is incredibly impressive, isn't it? 
doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, he just gives confidence to the defence. He gives confidence to the crowd. Um, I mean, we all remember the days of Hennessy, where we all were <laughs> slightly <laughs> on tenderhooks like what was going to happen. And Gator's just got that presence. Um, I, I know when he first started, his English wasn't terribly good, and he was he was struggling a bit because I think he was he found it difficult to talk to his yeah. back four. But I think now he's got it. He's much more commanding. It's like nearly every Spanish goalkeeper you ever see, when they first start, they're not very good at commanding their area. They have De Gea had this big problem. I don't know if you yeah, remember this. Yeah. He was knocked over the, all over the place, and he didn't like it, and it was very physical. And, you know, De Gea's been one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League era. But now gieta has got that, you know, presence about him. I think the, the one thing I love about him is when he touches the post. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is just such a beautiful... When, when he's, He actually tipped that Pepe shot onto yeah. the post yeah. Yeah. and then smothered Lacazette's... Co- and then he just goes and touches the post. And I just thought, this is going to be a draw because this guy is in charge of his area. He's not going to let anyone past him. And, and he's just... Uh, I think... Of all our goalkeepers I've watched and I've been watching for 50 years, he's alongside Nigel Martin already as probably the best. I mean, that is I that agree. is high praise yeah. indeed. And I think, and as well, like the stats tell their own story. Mm. He's obviously, he is winning us points. Yeah. You know, he's keeping us in yeah. games. But he's got this kind of character about him as well. And, and, it, and may, you know, we've had Wayne Hennessy in before who obviously hasn't quite had the same stats and has got a lot of criticism, but also doesn't really have the personality. So I think maybe that combined with how good he is, it's already making him into a cult hero. Well, I think also the fact that he spent such a long time behind Hennessy, you know, waiting yeah. for his chance. And we were all there. We got this player from Spain and everybody was such great reports about him. I mean, we've got friends who live over in Spain and we were seeing him on a, a regular basis and just saying how great he was. And they was just sat on the bench and it was getting very frustrating and just like but he was just obviously just building just getting himself together and he's when his chance came he took it yeah you yeah. know and he's and I think he's he's so important you know we, we often talk about football it's about that spine it's yeah. about the spine and exactly. it starts with the keeper yeah. it always starts the keeper every great team yeah. every great football team has got a great keeper mm. who can you know you we, you talk about attacking from the back but you know it's everything from the back from the the uh, vocal performance from the from the his style his personality yeah. and he just goes straight forward and plus he's got a great choice in colour as well he does shirts. yeah he does they're very colourful yeah. shirts and his hair as well everything about him man because he famously went for those streaks didn't he yeah. and they, they did a whole mm. blonde rinse mm. and then he had to turn it grey but um, <laughs> it's interesting if Hennessy hadn't got injured Mm. Right, because he he came in, his first game was that Leicester game yes. last season, yeah. when he made that, again, a great save, tipped Vardy's Kiss, shot onto the, the post, post. <laughs> kissed the post. If, if Hennessy hadn't got injured, I know it's like if if Kennedy hadn't been shot, <laughs> would he... Have, Very similar. Would, he, yeah, 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 it's almost exactly the same. <laughs> would he, would Hennessy have still been there and good... Well, would Vicente Roy, just got Roy a little not, bit hacked off? Roy is not one to change a team unless it's no. sort of necessary, really, mm. is it? So I, I wondered that. But you think, Enders, he must have been showing something in training as he well. He must have been. He must be have pushing been. for a starting Absolutely, spot. Absolutely, you know, and I think he's, you know, he's... Has, anyway, whatever, the point is, he was given his chance and he took it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unlike other Spanish players who have not been given the chance Ooh. and have gone <laughs> are, are on an aeroplane back. We, yeah. We'll talk about that in mm. part three. Sure we will, um, yeah. We've had a few questions about uh, Vinny, as I'm going to call him from now on. Isaac, Vinny. you can't call him Vinny. Why not? No, no, no. He's Vinny Jones. Oh, Vin- yeah, no, don't yeah, do okay. that. Don't call him no, Vinny. Okay. Right. Um, Isaac Church says, um, not a question, but I love VG. VG, okay. yeah. I think, yeah, I think we all do. Ben.hook has put, is Guaita better than Spironi? 
early days for that kind it's of... It's early days. It's, uh, in fact, he, ben, sorry, another one. Ben Agbaimoni has put his way to fast becoming the new Manos de Dios. It is mm. early days for that, but he's certainly heading that way. Well, I think technically he's certainly as good as Julian, but, you know, Julian will always be probably the legend that, you know, no one can displace him because he's stuck with us through thick and thin, mainly thin. And, <laughs> you know, he's just a great character. But you get the feeling that Gator's a great character. You know, you saw... Did, did you see all the, the video he made yes. with that kid who yeah. lost his mum? Yeah. Know, to, and he was just so nice to him. And it was just... You could tell he's naturally just a lovely bloke. Yeah. And that's not... You know, you don't put someone in the team because they're a lovely bloke. <laughs> he's a brilliantly technical goalkeeper. But you just get the feeling he's just this nice guy. Whenever he's interviewed, he just comes across as a charming man. Mm. And, you know, as we know, we, we like charming men at Palace. <laughs> we do, we do like characters. Um, and should we be obviously those? Should we worry that he's going to go? Well, yeah. Those, I mean, those sa- well. those safe percentages obviously are very, very high. And very high, there yeah. is there was rumours uh, last month of Man City taking an interest. Like when you have a player like that, when you've got a player like that who is so so important and integral to uh, the way we play and the way we're performing, and the reason one of the reasons why why we are in the top half, you're obviously going to get the bigger clubs sniffing around because you know, as I just said, you know, you, you need that strong keeper, you know, and you will get your Man Cities and your Liverpools or whoever sniffing around. Even is but they'll probably end up being there he'll probably end up being their second or third yeah. choice yeah. if he went there. Yeah. Exactly. So you know he's you know Obviously, if I was his agent or if I was, you know, his advisor, I would tell him to stay where you are. You know, at least for a couple more seasons, then do your big money move to wherever. Because yeah, he's not now Alst Edison, is he? No, immediately, no, he's so not. he'd probably be on the sidelines. You know. And, and, and also, you know, be be a big fish in a small pond, smaller pond. I don't, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll shut up. Medium sized pond, medium sized pond, <laughs> table pond. Yeah. No, I think um, I don't think we should be worried. I think it'll be fine. I hope. I, so. I, I hope so. I hope so. And I think you're right. The fact that he's He's not going to be out as first choice goalkeeper here now, so you, no. you take that over being Man City's yeah. third choice. But we will see. But he, I, I just feel very safe with him. Mm. I feel safe, and and it's like a relief that we've now found this goalkeeper that everyone likes, that yeah. is good, that is a good character that fits into the club and the team and everything. So Absolutely. long may he stay. Um, so you can read that article uh, by Matt Wisdom on Guayita at the Athletic, and if you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FIP, you can start a thirty day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. Right, after the break, we're going to have some questions from our listeners. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey! Part 316, and it's time for part three, which of course is questions uh, from our listeners. It's January, guys. It's so January. We're going to delve straight into transfer oh, questions. Yeah. But I will say, we have made a transfer. Yes. We've let a player go who wasn't uh, playing very much for us. Mm-hmm. So is it actually going to do a new uh, hashtag for, for the pod? Untypical. Hashtag untypical palace. Are <laughs> well, we actually making moves so early in the window, Richard? Well, I mean... It- Tosin uh, divides the nation, doesn't he? Because some people remember what he said when he went to Everton and mm. blah, blah, blah. I, oh, yeah. I mean, come on. Everton, I don't know, Everton are a Palace bigger or club. Or and as someone pointed out, when you join a club, you're trying to appease their fans and get on side. So saying that, it wasn't a slight on Palace. He was no. just trying to big up Everton, yes, which you're course, bound yeah. to do if you've got a new employer. Um, I, who knows? I mean, he came on... He, he, I've spoken to a couple of Everton fans, and they say to me he's he's good 
at a when he's in front of goal, he's pretty good. He's pretty good in the air, but he's quite slow. So I'm going to think he's going to be like the Turkish Glenn Murray. <laughs> funny you say all that. Those attributes. Funny you say that. Two or three people around me at the ground were just going, "Come on, Glenn! Come on, Glenn!" <laughs> really? They were saying, yeah. "He looks like Glenn Murray. He, he, he runs like Glenn Murray." Yeah. And there was a lot of that around from where I was yeah. stood, actually. But we need, we need depth, don't we? We, we obviously yeah. need something up front. It looks like Benteke might go on loan to Villa, and quite frankly, we haven't seen the best of Benteke for a little while, anyway. So, would we need another striker? Probably, but it's good that we've got that one in, and I think we're definitely going to get two more in. Yeah, it sounds like we are. Uh, but it's know. nice to see us doing business early in yes, the window, of it is, yeah. isn't it? We moan about that a lot. And um, Luke Harper, 89, has put, I'm a huge sceptic uh, on the loan deal for Tosin, but have we actually done a magical bit of business? He might not have scored on Saturday, but the hunger and desire was there, and he seemed comfortable for a bloke who'd only been there 24 hours. Now, it's, it's, it's easy in your debut to come on and run around. And yeah. Look, yeah. But there was a but bit of a But he was running there. around with purpose. He was doing the right things. <laughs> yeah. but he, was he wasn't just, the headless he wasn't chicken. Just, no, he yeah. wasn't just running around look, going, look at me, fans, I can run <laughs> really fast. Yeah. Um, he looked hungry, he looked fit. Yeah, for why he actually looked really yeah. fit. Um, he, he, there was a great. He did a great cross actually, right in front yeah. of where I was, and the power and the cross right into the into the area. Do you remember that bit? With Down his left the, foot as well. His left foot. Yeah, yeah, that was that was exciting. <laughs> um, but yeah, of course, it's hard to say. He was only on for a, a few minutes, wasn't he? But um, it'll just give everybody. It'll give the team a boost, won't it? As yeah. it will, as it will the fans, and that's and that's that goes somewhere. So it'll and be, be there is to see. a twenty million pound option at yes. the end of the loan deal potentially to sign him. Which you know, if he goes on to score five six goals for us in the current market that's actually probably not bad business no exactly it? and you know we don't have great expectations but just just think about what we felt about Jordan Ayew a year ago well, yes. I didn't think yeah. he was going to last I didn't really want him to last he scored six goals here's a bit of a nerd as well here we go They've been worth 10 points to us. Right? Wow. So he's got the basically scored against Man United, he scored against Villa, he scored against West Ham twice. Yeah. Those four were all, you know, one goal margins, and he scored twice against Arsenal. So that's altogether 10 mm. points, which we wouldn't have had if I hadn't scored well, those and goals. And 10 points, you know, in you, the Premier League, is worth millions of millions. Yeah. Staying up is worth what, £150 million pounds or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes him very valuable for Palace. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've been linked with other players, and there will be lots um, of rumours, I'm sure, in the window uh, this month. Adam Sinski Hi, Adam. Adam, says, would you gamble £15 million pounds on Kyle Walker-Peters? The young Spurs fullback Ooh. enders. Would I? <laughs> would you? Yeah, would you personally? <laughs> would I personally? You know, from your Swiss bank account. <laughs> if I had 50 million quid. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, really. I don't I don't really... Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. I don't really know. Probably not. I My think... Tottenham contacts say probably not worth that money. Really? I mean, if he came on loan, I'd get it. But um, they don't think he's settled. He's had a couple of chances at Tottenham. And what I hear is Joel Ward is quite close to return to fitness that right. he could have been almost ready to play on Saturday we still need cover though don't we we do need cover uh, I think Riedewald who we'll come on to later has been exceptional in the fact that he's not really a natural left back but he's done that and Martin yeah. Kelly's obviously not a natural yes. right back either yeah. and look you know okay Kelly's made a couple of mistakes but I think overall he's had a very very good season yeah, yeah and agreed. that defence you know which is a pretty good defence uh, fourth best in the Premier League we're playing people out of position yeah. and they're doing a great job. So 
I'm, I'm very much of the... I, I agree with you. We do need reinforcement. I'm not sure Walker's Peter is the right guy. Fourth best in the Premier League is very good, considering it's been pretty much a different back four. Nearly every time. Every it's unbelievable. I think it's been 22 different formations in the 22 matches, pretty much. That's not bad at all. And as you say, players like Martin Kelly are real soldiers for us playing out of position as yeah, well. So that, I, I, I like the look of Carl Walker, Walker Peters. He was supposed to be the next Carl Walker. I mean, in many ways, he literally is. <laughs> um, um, and you're right, he didn't really sort of kick on. But no. I think you're right. If there's a loan deal there, maybe that, you know, him trying to play his way either to us or back yeah. into the Spurs team yeah. is probably a, a better deal. But he can play right and left back as well again. So it does give us cover there. Mm. Yeah. Um, but that is probably the sort of player that I think Palace should and would be going for this window those, yeah. those covers at, at full yeah. back and probably a young player like that it was something to yeah. prove Adam's also asked us about Jordan Ibe of Bournemouth I'm not Ooh. I'm not sure I, I'm not sure he's Ooh. the sort of player we haven't ripped for. up too many no. trees down at Bournemouth has he um, I don't know he's one of those hit and miss players he, he could be good I, I, I wouldn't risk too much money on him personally we've got one Jordan already we don't need yeah, another yeah. one well, I think he spells it like Jordan Much. So, oh, well, well, for, that reason, <laughs> for that reason, we're out. <laughs> 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 um, and we've got our weekly question about Wilf from Ch- Chandresh Lad, who says, uh, "If Chelsea offered Batshuayi plus a decent fee for Zaha, would you be happy to take that deal?" Enders. Oh, you know what? If we would like Batchway back, wouldn't we? We'd well, like Batchway back, and I'd, but I'd like to keep Wilf. But I think if 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 Wilf's going to go, he's he's going to go. You know what I mean? So if we can get something in return for him, then I'd be happy about that. I mean, if, if he gets to the point where you know Wilf, with two or three days to go, is bleating on about wanting to leave, as he probably will do. I'm sure his representative, well, his agent, will be, or his yeah, agent will yeah. be, or whatever. You, you know what I mean? And then you know, if we can get somebody like the Batman and a load of cash. In return, then fair enough. The only problem is, is that I would, if Wilf is going to go, it'd be good to him to leave so it gives us time be to, late in the to actually spend the cash on getting a replacement. Unless, but I'm sure they've got replacements lined up. But obviously, nobody's going to replace Wilf. Well, this is he's the just thing. too good. No, he is too good. And just, I don't, it depends on too... the money because I don't think Chelsea will pay, what do we want, 80 million for him or something? No, no, I'm not no, sure anyone's going to pay that. I can't see in their side. They've got a lot of young players who are, you know, quite yeah. good. Wide, why would they need Wilf? It's not crying out saying, Oh, there's a, there's a Wilf hole in the Chelsea yeah. team. There isn't. Yeah. You know, Mount's been very good. Hudson the Doy, they've got all these players who are pretty good in the similar yeah. position. Yeah. So I don't see it making sense for Chelsea. Personally, I would like Wilf to stay at least for the summer and then, yeah, he can go to Bayern Munich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know they made that cheeky. I'd love him to go abroad because yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't want to see him in yeah. any other strip yeah. in England Agreed. apart from ours. The thing I spoke to you about earlier, Jim, is during that game on Saturday, I had a bloke behind me. Yeah. Every time Wilf touched the ball, he was going, oh, he's not interested, get him off. And I just went, I, I almost literally throttled this guy <laughs> because. Is what are you doing? He's been our best player for almost a decade, <laughs> and you're giving him grief. He didn't have a great game. Okay, we don't all have great games. I'm sure he's when he's going to work or whatever he does, he sometimes has bad days. <laughs> so he had a bad day. Don't say, oh, he's awful, we hate him. Da, 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 da. And then there was that incident where someone obviously had a go at him from the main stand. I couldn't quite hear what was going on. And Wilf turned around and had a real go back twice. Mm, really. So if people are turning on Wilf, Please don't come to Selhurst Park. We'd rather you went somewhere else. Maybe Stamford Bridge would be good for you. <laughs> well, you might see Wilf again at some point. But yeah. the thing is, Wilf, whether he goes or stays, when he's on the pitch, Enders, he mm. is our best player, yeah. and he is the only player we've got 
that can turn a game in the way he does. Yeah, so he, to me, as and long he as he's on the pitch, scares defenses as yeah. well. Yeah. He's, he's attracts players, so yeah. there are two or three on yeah. it. You, yeah. you, can, yeah. you see it every time. Every, they, every they're game. always double loading yeah. on him. Yeah. Guess what? That gives space to other players yeah. and it opens up opportunities. So, so even if he's not having the best of his exactly. games, yeah, yeah. then at least he's dragging other play- the, the opposition out Precisely. of the game. I think, I mean, I think he was injured. We've had a couple of questions, actually. Chaz Lucas and Crispin Chappell both asked, you know, was he injured on Saturday? I think mm. he was actually carrying a knock that Roy had mentioned the week before anyway. Plus, players do have off games. But for me, yeah. when he's on the pitch in a red and blue shirt, Assuming it's a Palace one, not a Bayern Munich one. Yeah. Um, he will always be a Palace legend to me, and he'll always yeah. get my support 100 percent. And if he does go eventually, then he'll go with our best wishes because he of has absolutely. been our best of player this decade, and he's been one of the reasons that we're now in the top half in January, which is insane. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, I think it's you know this the the Wilf question rears its head all the time. The fact is, if he goes, he goes, and there's not a lot yeah. we, we we as fans could do about it. We just have to em- embrace him while he's here and encourage him while he's here, which we do. Yeah. And I do, you know, ap- apart from those few old people in the stands who yeah. shout and ball, and, you know, and and I hear it as well. It's just football fans that can be a bit silly sometimes. Let's well, be you always get people who shout. I was telling Richard before, and there was a guy behind me who was slagging off Gary Cahill every time he got it, and I was thinking, he's like, he was literally going, "Get this guy off! He's awful!" And I'm like, "He's been what? one of our best players." Are you yeah, I had yeah. to put my earphones in and play music to drown him out. It was. Incredibly frustrating. Speaking of a player that has left, um, Sam at underscore Blue Jumper. Hi, Blue has Jumper. Put, um, what are your oh. reactions to Victor Camarasa's incredible Palace career? Well, I was uh, uh, I went to the Colchester game in the Carabao Cup, which not many people can say. And <laughs> I was there when I saw. He didn't really impress a great deal, no. and that was against Colchester. And obviously, we haven't seen much hide a hair of him since then or before then. Uh, I thought he looked quite a good player when he was at Cardiff, but clearly Roy doesn't fancy him, doesn't think he's going to fit into the system. And as I said earlier, I think Roy knows a bit more about football than most of us. So I'm, I'm going to go with thanks, Victor, for your time, but goodbye. Um, I think it's just going to free up about five minutes for every pod, though, isn't it? So it's going to be quite good. <laughs> like, she has something to talk about rather than him, yeah. which I'm really glad about. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> goodbye, Victor, and goodbye, Victor Chat on the pod. And I think, I mean, there was, you know, rumours of that he wasn't particularly amenable, you know, behind the scenes. But there are, there are some players just don't work out. Some yeah. signings don't work for whatever reason. They don't fit in. And sometimes it takes them arriving at the club to realise you don't fit into our system or the way we are as a club or whatever and clearly that was the case and he yeah. didn't you know Richard says he had that game against Colchester did not take his opportunity at all there so you know and if it frees up a place in the squad then you know maybe they'll fill that with a player yeah. that can make a difference um, let's move on to a player who has made a difference Ooh. in recent weeks Ooh, and yeah. Richard um, touched on it earlier and that's Jairo Riedeveld. Wow. Who's yeah. become our, Where's he come? our From first the choice left back. I mean, he, he looks so comfortable there. And Suddenly, because against yeah. Derby, he didn't look very comfortable. And a couple of other games, he just didn't look... Well, uh, well, I was Watford looking at him thinking, on. are you really a left back? But then suddenly, I think what he's actually suffered from is he's a utility player. So when he was at Ajax, he was pretty much a midfield player and they used to play him as defensive midfield. And let's face it, he played in the Europa League final against Man United and played in the Champions League. He'd been at Ajax since he was seven. So he must be a decent player because yeah. Ajax don't pick up idiots. So I was always trying to give him a chance, but I never thought he was quite there. And against Norwich, I felt the goal we conceded, he just sort of let them go. But actually, he's convinced me in the last couple of games, he has got something about him. And on Saturday, he looked really, really good. Yeah. And I, I just think when you're 
a flexible player, you're always going to be a bit behind a specialist. Yeah. So PVA, as we know, is a very good attacking fullback. He's not such a great defensive, but he's a fullback. Yeah. I can't really see him anywhere else. People say push him into midfield, I don't think it would work. So your specialist fullback will generally be ahead of your utility player. So that's why he hasn't had a lot of time. Mm game time. Mm. I think now he's getting a bit of game time. You can see he's growing in confidence and he is now fitting into that role. I'm not sure he will be a left back, but you get confidence in playing games. You get confidence in playing games well. And I think he's on the roll now. And I think we could see a really different player in the second half of the season. Yeah, we've got a question from um, Hasnain Mirza, who's put, I know it's very early, but based off the Arsenal game, if Riedeval can keep this up, surely PVA would have to fight for his place again. I mean, you have to say, when a player's on form in a position like that, they deserve to keep it. Well, it's, it's always good to have people fighting for positions, you know. Yeah. It's, 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 it's healthy. But I, I'm with you. It's, it, we, we, we always talk about this on the pod. It's all about confidence, isn't it, Richard? And yeah. I think with Jairo, it just proves, it proves that the, the old adage that, you know, confidence you know, makes you a better player. And, he's, exactly. and he's, he's playing in a team that's doing quite well at the moment. And also, I thought he linked up well with Wilf yeah. when Wilf was on the yeah. left-hand side. Yeah. It reminded me a bit of... Uh, Aaron Wambasaka when he first started and he linked up with Andros very yes, well yeah. and uh, Andros helped him and I think Wilf helps him in that he's available he can nip it down the line but he was then taking players on and swiftly mm. around and you know as you say I think he visibly grew in confidence during that game during yes. those 90 minutes he looked a, a, a more confident a more accomplished player in the second half than he did in the first half it's almost like a great addition to the squad of somebody we, we already had yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, in a weird way it's like we've got this transfer window we've all, all of a sudden we've got this player that we knew was good but wow is that good wow yeah. brilliant this is great so it's better than an incoming transfer <laughs> yeah. who we don't quite know yeah, is going to exactly. fit in and there he is because you know I'd sort of almost forgotten about him because yeah. he was yeah, the yeah. forgotten man wasn't yeah. he well, we, did, we had questions about him every week. Um, Palace put out that little clip of him doing that little pirouette. Did you see that on, yeah. around Pepe, I think, yeah. it, which is yeah. wonderful. Your point, though, about on the left being very strong is true, but it does it does make you realise on the right, you know, on Saturday it was um, Kelly and then Maya starting on the right, and I think Chiarty actually got drifted out there. That we are, It does shine a light, actually, on how weak the right side yeah. was. And it, Obviously, it's players yeah. playing out of position. It's not the same as two players as comfortable as they are on that side, but it does make you realise we are a bit unbalanced. Yeah, um, Kelly that. doesn't really go forward with much confidence, he's not a, does he? He's not a marauding I, right I remember back. that a goal a he scored at the FA Cup against Tottenham when we beat them 1-0. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably it, isn't it, <laughs> yeah. in terms of his forward play. But, you know, you don't have full... I know there's a modern full-back and Trent Alexander-Arnold's had 2,000 assists and all this sort of stuff. But I want full-backs who can defend, actually. Mm. And Kelly yeah. can defend because yes. he is a defender. I mean, what you'd notice in the first half against Arsenal was that the Arsenal... Got this straight away, and they yeah all, they did all, ping it out. All, yeah. all their attacks came they? down yeah, on the yeah. left hand side. It all came down the left, you know, yeah. their left, our right. So they uh, they already worked it out, and of course we're a lot weaker down there, you know. Uh, but we we managed to ride the storm. So yeah. and I think as well, credit needs to go to Gyro and, and Roy. Actually, touching it after the game that he's waited patiently for his chance, not moaned yeah. about it. He's no, happily no. played in various positions for us, and yeah. now he's reaping the rewards of of, of being a good squad player and, yeah. and and a good team member. Mm. And clearly very skillful as well. And so he deserves this run in the team. Absolutely. And to be honest, when PVA comes back, and I don't know when that'll be, although I did see him walking down actually um, after the game, 
because everyone was waiting in the ground to clap are you after his post-match interview which yeah. was great although PVA was wearing some ridiculous get-up you don't, um, surpri- you don't surprise me at no. all <laughs> um, but he was walking so you know that well, might, well. That yeah, might okay. but I mean M- Michael Hilson 83 has said well when PVA comes back in would you put him back at left back and push Jairo into a defensive midfield role with Luca and Chiata and he's asked who would you miss out in from midfield at that point and I guess really if you do want to if you, or McCarthy, McCarthy. Yeah. Yeah. does Gyro deserve to keep his spot if it is you know somewhere else in the team I don't know you know it all depends on what's available at the time you know who's who's injured who's not injured what he's proved is that he can play and he's good in confidence and he's, he is a utility player as we yeah. say so he could pretty much play anywhere mm. so you know it's good to have him there that he can, we can fit him in when X gets injured or Y gets yeah. injured or so and so gets sent off it does unfortunately you know? prove that uh, Kevin was right because he's been banging on about him all season and uh, don't tell Kevin oh, no, was, don't tell him he was absolutely right about <laughs> Gyro, but he doesn't listen, doesn't listen to the pod anyway, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> final few questions. Te- Total Tech Soccer nice Hello, name. Total Tech. Yeah, yeah. has Total said Tech. Um, to each of the panel, so here we go, question eight, just over half the season gone now, who would you give your player of the season so far to, leaving out Wilf? And he suggested VG, uh, my friend Vinny, um, Tompkins, Jimmy Mack, or IU? IU, definitely, for me. IU. Well, yeah. yeah, the stats suggest IU's a difference. I, I, you're, I think an honourable mention to Cahill as well, because mm. I think he did... <laughs> Don't tell the guy behind me. Of course not. Uh, but he's made a big difference, because he's just brought that you know, presence again. Yeah. Yeah. You look at him... Okay, Authority. He's not a young mm. guy. He's, he's at the end of his career. He takes up brilliant positions. He doesn't really get exposed that often because he's got a lack of pace but he knows where to stand and he knows how to jockey people and I just think he he would be just behind Gator for me and also just behind Ayu so top three that would be that's a good top three I mean Ayu has been undoubtedly Brilliant for us, and in fact, one of our listeners. I don't think it's just his goals; it's his all-round play. Oh, he works. Yeah. There, yeah. Was, yeah. A bit, there was a bit on Saturday, and it was like I think it was in extra time, and he was picking the ball up almost yeah. in in like in the in their final third, yeah. you know, yeah, like yeah. In defense and bringing it out. Yeah, what the heck is he doing down there? Just like just he's just got great battery. He's just like yeah. he's running yeah. the whole he, time. He does put a lot of effort, a and, lot and, of and I love that way he can hold the ball up, and then you can yeah. you know he's going to get fouled because yeah. he yeah. he trips around people and he just waits for someone yeah, to take yeah, him. Yeah. Out, we get the foul, we move on. Uh, a revelation, I would Absolutely. say. Absolutely. And, and yeah, Andrew definitely. Adams has said, uh, Jordan, are you best 2.5 million spend ever? It's got to be up there, isn't it? Yeah. Last player spent 2.5 million on, I remember, was Adi Akinbai. And he was. <laughs> wow. At the time, it was yeah. a big spend as well. Yeah, he was a big guy as well. Wasn't he? he was a big guy. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, here's a question from Russell Levy, who Hi, says Russell. Um, In light of the fact that Palace haven't yet managed to score a single first half goal from open play at Selhurst this season, that's one for, one for you, Richard. Yeah, <laughs> well, the only goal we scored uh, at Selhurst was, I believe, Norwich, which was Lucas' penalty. There you go. That, that was at home. We scored three others. As I said, we've got four first, but they've all been away. away. So Man United, uh, Burnley, yeah. and off the top of my head, what's the other one? I'll come back to you in a second. Okay, I mean, I don't know it either, so you could have said anything. Arsenal. Arsenal, there we go. Which was, which was a yeah. penalty as well. Um, and our only... Uh, oh, he's, he's actually back. You're our only first half home goal being a penalty versus Norwich. Should the club create an innovative second half season ticket, which allows us all to turn up at half time for a 50% <laughs> discount, half the cost for all the entertainment? Well, I mean, it's you've, it's, always got to, you've always got to think out of the box. And whoever that was is definitely... Off his box, <laughs> but a lovely idea. Yeah, let's let's put it forward to Steve Parish. I mean, to just go down the road. And ask <laughs> I'm, I'm sure people from the club are listening. And if they do go with this one, then uh, we need to cut the commission on Absolutely. that one. Yeah, but yeah. Um, 
it doesn't really matter when Palace score, does it? Because no, that's just if we end up in the second half. Uh, team, then that's just the way we are. You know, I, you know there was there've been especially at home. You know, there's been times in the last couple of seasons where we're just going, "What's happened to Fortress Palace?" You know, what's going yeah. on? Yeah. I'm not saying it's complete Fortress now, but we we just look comfortable. I'm, I'm more than happy to to wait for the second half for a goal. because yeah. <laughs> it always happens in the Homesdale. And that's where I stand. Yeah. So, oh, well, do, you pre- <laughs> do you want a Premier League nugget? <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Palace are the only team out of the 49 Premier League clubs to have scored more goals away from home than they have at home. So we are officially an, wow. an away team. Only club. Really? Wow. You look at the stats. That's incredible. Yeah. Because actually, if you just said to me, who is the only club to have done that, I, I would have probably thought of us. Because yeah. people talk of us as being a counter-attacking on the breakaway team. But yeah. it turns is, out we actually are. Particularly, particularly true. I think, sorry, I think that's since we came back into the Premier League in 2013. Yeah, yeah. That is, because I wrote a piece about it for The Guardian. So I know that for a fact. And it's it's a nugget, which I'm going to leave with you. That's an excellent nugget. Thank you for that. That's all right. <laughs> right, OK, on that nugget. I love a nugget. Um, <laughs> Let's round off part th- uh, three there. Thank you for your questions. And in part four, we're going to preview Palace's trip to the Etihad. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Yay! Pod three one six, and uh, it's part four where we preview Ooh. Palace's next game, which is away at current champions Manchester. City. Three points in the bag. Next, well, yeah. it was last season. <laughs> it was, yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. it? Yes. I think it's probably going to be a harder task this time around, Richard. Yeah, well, we were the only team to take any points off City last season at home, uh, their home. So they won. 17, they lost one, and that was really that. It was just that, Nine, it? sorry. It lost, they won 18, and lost we one. were the only Did team to get, get a point. Wow, no one else even got a draw. Um, and we all remember that for that fabulous Andros goal and just generally a brilliant performance. Can I foresee that happening again? To be absolutely honest, no, because <laughs> City looked quite good against Villa, and if mm. Aguero's starting to warm up, then we might have a few issues. Uh, I always feel like when we go to a team like City or Liverpool, it's going to be a war of attrition. We're going to try and sit back and absorb all the pressure. I think City, have they almost given up on the Premier League? I don't know, but they'll probably be a little bit more relaxed. And if we can do our normal thing of getting them to come to us, doing them on a break, then... I mean, my expectations are a narrow defeat. I, mean, I don't want to be a pessimist, but I can't really see us repeating the magic of last season. Does lightning strike twice? You never know. I'm sure it does somewhere. 
I'm probably in the sure. middle of uh, I'm, I'm some desert. Sure. I'm, I'm not sure he does in Manchester. No. I think, I mean, I don't think we're going to get turned over in the way that Villa did um, at the weekend. No. And City do look good. And obviously, Aguero has now got the most hat tricks or whatever it is. 12 hat tricks. Yeah, which is great. I mean, cra- the guy. Can is. I give you another nugget? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Aguero's scored 12 hat tricks. He's scored 11 since. A Man United player scored a hat-trick. That was Robin Van Persie back in April 2013. That is the last time Man United scored a hat-trick. Wow. And there have been, you know, 77 hat-tricks since that Van Persie one. They still haven't managed to get one. And that's obviously just before Ferguson left. So it really has been... It was literally... They beat Villa, strangely. And... That was when they, I think, they won the 2012 2013. Yeah. And they haven't scored a hat trick since. It really has been downhill. And we have. Yeah. Well, Yannick. Yannick Balassi, our only top flight um, hat trick. Richard's right. We will set up to be hard to beat as we were last season and look to exploit them. And I don't think we're going to get hammered in the way we did at at Tottenham. But it will be difficult. And in in many ways, is it? And I'm going to use another uh, cliche for the pod. Is it a, a free hit? In a way. Or is it a chance to, you know, we've got a lot of players out, injuries, suspensions, a chance just to kind of give people game time? It's just it's just a chance to get out there and play as well as you can as a football team. You know, there's no expectation. Yeah. And I'm sure the players in the cold light, light of day sat at home with their girlfriends or their wives and kids. So, like, you know, let's be honest, family, I don't think we're going to win this weekend, but let's just go out there and, and just put up a good performance. Most Palace fans, most Palace fans, are not, you know, would love us to win, obviously, and would love us to get a point, anything. But if we do end up losing one, two, three nil, then it, it would just we'll all look then straight away at the performance. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? Okay, we got turned over, but that performance was great. And are you tried and this and Gyro did this and Wilf was on fire and was getting cut down every ten minutes or whatever. I just think you know, just be positive. There's a really there's a there seems to be a little bit of a good mood vibe going on at the moment. Well, there's always a chance going. in this league of beating anyone and certainly with our, the way we play in our team there's always a chance of us causing a, a shock and we seem to have at least one or two shocks a season in terms of beating the big players but I think yeah. I'm just looking at the fixtures after so after Man City we've got Southampton Sheffield United Everton Newcastle Brighton Watford and Bournemouth so actually that's a big run of yeah. winnable games and again Sheffield you, United you see will be be, will be difficult. You know, that'll yeah. be more. That's almost more one that you'd really want to get out there. Do you yeah. know what I mean? The, the Man City, yeah, and Southampton at home is. Yeah, you know, they they've got almost the best form. Although Watford, strangely, have had the best form. <laughs> they've collected more points than anyone else because Liverpool obviously were in the whatever yeah. silly cup it was out in the Middle East. But um, Watford have collected more points since Christmas than any other one else. Wow. But Southampton are pretty close to them and. Danny Ings is obviously in scoring form. Mm. So I agree with you. I think, mm. you know, games like Southampton at home, Sheffield United at home, are almost more difficult than Man City. Yeah, I yeah, because yeah, of lack of expectation. And, and, you know, the pressure will be on a little bit. Oh, we should yeah. be beating, we should get yeah, points yeah. out of this. And well, like I, said, I didn't realise we were playing all the form teams, actually, aren't we? Southampton, mm. Well, apart from Bournemouth. Who, apart from Bournemouth, who are terrible. <laughs> let's call them the bomb But team. even Newcastle have done well under... Um, Thingy and Everton have got a new manager, but I think if you get through the Man City game, don't have any crazy injuries, yeah, you know, yeah. don't get no hammered. suspensions, no no silly headbutts. No, well, Luca's not playing anyway. So, uh, <laughs> and then Relax. going to that next run of games, and you know, you, you could be looking at enough points to be very comfortable going into late March, early April. So we're in It'd a be good nice position. to have an Easter no, where you're relaxing yeah. and thinking, oh, we might well, we've be. Given yeah. We're in a great chance. position. We're yeah. in a great position. You know what? With you know, we're in a great. We've got a great points total. We're in a good position, even though we've been ravaged by injuries. You know, we're. Yeah. we're, we're 
we're there still. We're there. And, you know, we've, there's a little bit of movement in the transfer market with yeah. the January window. It's it's looking positive. And there's a live pod on Friday. Hey. So, oh, you know, well, you mean? I mean, you know, the, the sun is rising, my Christmas friend. Christmas comes again <laughs> so quickly, isn't it? Well, Just I think that's return. a good part to uh, to end the pod on. So, uh, Richard, thanks for joining us on the pod. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, it, you it was know, an absolute nugget, haven't you, here? Oh, thank you. And, uh, yeah, if you can come on again at some point, that would be, be lovely. I would love to. And remind people of the book again. Premier League Nuggets, available in bookshops, Amazon and uh, Ockley Books, the publishers. Fantastic. And as, as ever, thank you. good to spend I'll see you on Friday. Time. I will see you on Friday. That is right, our live podcast. So is a live podcast, can you listen to it live? No, so, but we are going to record it and put it out it as a podcast. Okay. Yeah. So that is at the Streatham Space Project this Friday, 17th of January. 7pm uh, door, 7.30 kickoff. There are two tickets left available from Eventbrite.co.uk. <laughs> I haven't checked. They might have gone. I haven't no, checked. I've been too busy, yeah. you know, doing yeah. the pod. Yeah. Um, oh, if you Google FYP Podcast Live, then the link is there or look on our social platforms. And um, those of you that have bought tickets, we're very much looking forward to seeing you there. So uh, that's it. Enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you again soon. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.